0: Glad you're here on this Labor Day weekend. And on this Sunday, we'll be closing our series, a series on spiritual warfare, entitled The War. And so we've been in this series kind of centered around uh, the armor of God in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. And if you're not already there, go ahead and turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 24. And today's title is just perseverance. So we talked about prayer, this kind of pre-prayer to the armor of God at the beginning of this passage on the armor of God. And today uh, we close in on our series uh, really at the end of this section in the armor of God. And although it's sad, summer's coming to an end and school's starting, and uh, some of us are happy about that, some of us are sad, Uh, we we need to think about these things because it's been a difficult season. And as uh, Dolores shared with us, um he's given us a great example of perseverance. After doing ministry for so many years in the same way, um, everybody had to make adjustments. And so what an encouragement that is to us to get to hear that. And I heard some of the same words I felt like uh, we'll look at today uh, when Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus um, about encouragement, about prayer, about doing this together. Um, and we need each other to do it for sure. And so the phrase to remember <clears throat> is just this, a long fight. Sometimes we feel like that, Um, although this life, this short life, is not really worth comparing to this eternal glory that we'll receive when we're with God in heaven. Although at times it feels like, man, this is is really a struggle. It's really a long fight. We really need endurance. We really need perseverance. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But I thought I'd show you a video of somebody that demonstrated perseverance, a church father, somebody who was a pastor at a church who we'll look at in the book of Revelation in a couple of weeks when we move into our series looking at church evaluation. So go ahead and take a look at the screens and we'll keep going.
1: Like a scene straight out of Gladiator, the 86-year-old Bishop of Smyrna was dragged into the Colosseum. His name was Polycarp. He was told to recant his faith in Christ but he refused. Eighty-six years I have served him, said Polycarp, and he has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who saved me? The Colosseum crowd chanted, let loose the lion, but the Roman proconsul chose death by fire instead. Then Polycarp heard a voice, a voice from heaven. The voice said, be strong, Polycarp, play the man. And he did. As the pyre was lit on fire, Polycarp prayed one last prayer. I give you thanks that you count me worthy to be numbered among your martyrs. The flames engulfed him, but like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the flames did not consume him. Instead of burning flesh, the aroma of frankincense filled the Colosseum. So the executioner stabbed Polycarp through the flames. Polycarp bled out, but not before he lived out John's exhortation to the church at Smyrna, the church that Polycarp pastored. Polycarp was discipled and ordained by John himself, so he didn't just read these words in Revelation 2.10. He could hear John's voice. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer, said John. Be faithful even to the point of death. And he was. Polycarp died fearlessly, died faithfully. He did what the voice from heaven had commanded. Be strong, Polycarp. Play the man.
0: So maybe you won't find yourself uh, needing to persevere to the point of death and martyrdom. But yet God calls us to persevere in a number of other ways, and certainly in this life. Maybe He's called you to be a faithful husband and father. Uh, maybe He's called you to be a, a, a great mom and wife. And, or maybe He's called you just to be somebody in somebody else's life, like Dolores shared with us, who could share the gospel. Who they could hear the gospel for the first time. And what an amazing testimony just that in and of itself Yes, And so the question is, what is God asking us to persevere, to be faithful in? Well, um, well, that's really for you to answer between you and the Lord. And then today we're going to talk about how do we do that. Um, and so if I didn't welcome you already, I don't think I did. If you're online, we're glad you're here. And if you're in person, then we are as well. My name's Michael. I'm the pastor. And so <clears throat> if you're not earning the book of Ephesians, go ahead and turn there, Ephesians chapter 6. And we talked about the background of the book of Ephesians last week, so we won't do that today. But we'll just go ahead and jump into <clears throat> our two Points today, so it'll be short. The first one is perseverance through prayer. Perseverance through prayer. Now, that's easy because we were talking about prayer last week and that pre prayer for the armor of God, and we persevere through prayer. Well, how do we get through this life? How do we fulfill our purpose, God's purpose for our life? We do that not only in prayer for ourselves, because we pray for ourselves and those who are close to us a lot of time, but we should be praying for others as well, our community of faith. We should be praying for the missionaries that we support, like Dolores, uh, who mentioned several times when she was up here, she said, it's not about me, it's not about what I'm doing, it's about what God's doing, God's faithful, and we need your prayers so that God would continue to do His work, okay? So this is important for a number of reasons. So in verse 18, it says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So how are we supposed to pray? Well, at all times, right? We've heard this before, but then, you know, it comes to our day-to-day, you know, stuff. We just sort of forget, right? Well, I got to go here, I got to do this, like, you know, I'll get to that later. Well, we forget that, like what Paul said to the church in Ephesus, we can literally be praying at all times, And how do we do this? Well, you might do it a number of ways. You might have like a little reminder with like a prayer list on your mirror when you're getting ready in the morning. Uh, You may have a special time that you just sort of set aside to the Lord. Maybe you get up early or stay up late. You have maybe a lunch break where you do that. I encourage you to have a time where you do that, but maybe if if life's too hectic right now and you're going to, I just want to try to get in some prayer. Well, put something in the car, have a reminder for you to spend a little bit of time while you're going to work maybe. Whatever it is, God wants us to continually walk in prayer, and so we can do that. And then he says, <clears throat> in the Spirit. So, how do we do this? It's not like a, um, like a, like a checklist of things, right? Now, I, I know probably many of us have a prayer list, maybe people we pray for, people who are sick, missionaries around the world that we, we need to be praying for, and then we just sort of go through and go, hey, God, I got, I got five minutes and then I got to go, okay? So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and I'm going to do what I said I was going to do, but then I'm out, and I'll see you tomorrow, okay? So uh, we forget that we can do this constantly, right? We're supposed to do it in the Spirit, and so <clears throat> I love this quote by uh, Marius uh, Victorinus. He was a, uh, a man who came to the Lord uh, late in life. He was a, a guy who um, was a secular philosopher uh, in the 6th century, and uh, he came to know the Lord, and he, he changed everything about his life, it, it just sort of changed everything that he did, and one of the things he didn't get was like how people pray. He's like, uh, he, he says this about uh, this verse. He says, this means that we should not say or utter particular words or recite them in our prayers as though they were premeditated or written down. We are to pray in the Spirit and at all time. Let your deep affections enter in to your praying. Like, do we care about the things we're praying about? Well, I hope that we do, and I hope that it's, it, it may be a list to help remind you, but we should pray uh, fervently and affectionately for the things that, that God has laid on our hearts and for the things that we've said we will pray for. We will do that. Uh, and so we've got to do that in the Spirit, like Victorinus said. You can look him up later. Um, and so then what, what else do we need to do? Well, we need to keep alert. And so it says here, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert all perseverance. So this word for keep alert in the Greek is the uh, agrupino. It just means to be sleepless or to be awake or ready. Oh, wait a second. You know, we have to sleep, right? Um, So what is Paul talking about? He's saying you just need to be ready, right? You need to be not only praying at all times, but hey, you don't know when God's going to come back. He may show up and be like, hey, (laughs) what's going on? Uh, uh, Have you forgotten about me? And so there's a couple of places this word's used for just for being kept, keeping alert or being ready, or being awake. Found in Mark thirteen thirty three, same word is used here. It Says, "Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come." And that time he was talking about was Jesus coming back. He's going, "Hey, nobody knows. A few people have written books about it. That hasn't worked out yet." So. Uh, but he says, hey, you know, we don't know. So you need to be ready. You need to be awake. You need to be alert. Yes, you can sleep, but just be ready, okay? And so that, that with that comes, since we don't know, being constantly involved in prayer, in knowing and following God. The same words used in Luke twenty-one thirty-six. it says, But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, <clears throat> some of us need help, like staying awake or keeping alert, especially if like little kids um, that are awake sometimes, uh, strange times, and you find yourself falling asleep in your chair in the middle of the day. So it's happened to me a couple of times. And uh, there was one time we were out, uh, we were camping, and so we love camping over the summer, so it's kind of why we're sad. Summer's over, you know, no more camping. Uh, so we were doing that, we were out in Cowderickport, Pennsylvania, and um, you always know there's like, there's wildlife, right, when you're going camping but you never expect to see anything. You're like, I'm sure they're out there, but they're not going to bother us. Well, we were out camping, and um, we had the girls, and uh, Rod and Jamie were there. We were with a few other friends, and we were having a meal. And, and so we stopped that meal, and we, were doing, we went to do something else. It was about 30, 40 feet away, and Christy is known for my wife for her uh, amazing baking. She's like, don't talk about me, I don't like it. I well just a little bit. Um, so she she made these brookies. If you don't know what those are, they're like a this amazing cookie brownie combination thing. Um, anyway, they were sitting on the table. They were in this Tupperware thing. You know, they're sealed up. They'll be fine. And this bear comes out of the woods. Right? <laughs> this bear comes out of the woods, and we didn't notice it until the bear was like already at the table. He was like tearing open the Tupperware, eating the brookies. Which was you know it was sad that those were getting eaten, but at the time I was more concerned about the bear. And uh, so he's, he's carrying off the Tupperware, and Brookies are going all over the ground. I'm like, at least eat them all, okay? You know, don't throw them on the ground, all right? So he's uh, he's eating them, and he gets done with those, and, and we're like, uh, okay, we should have been more aware for one thing, right? So we're grabbing the kids and, like, you know, th- throwing them in the in the camper and, like, okay, you know, get out, please leave bear. So people are yelling at the bear, and he's not really listening, which is always kind of alarming, like when a, you're yelling at a bear and he's, he pretends you're not there, <laughs> Okay, do whatever you want until you're ready to go. And uh, so eventually he did leave. But <clears throat> I thought back to that when I was reading this, and i was going, "We really do need to be aware, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of dangers, there's a lot of things in life, and there, but there's there's spiritual war that's taking place too. And 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 God, He's just going like, man, you you have access to me 24 seven. So why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Why wouldn't you want to be aware of the things that Satan's trying to do? Why wouldn't you want to be aware of the glory and the beauty of knowing? Me? God? And uh, he's just going, come on, come on. He wants to give us free access. We already have it. And then what are we supposed to do? Well, we're supposed to do this with all perseverance. So no matter what is taking place, whatever's going on, we're supposed to persevere, and that's what we're talking about. And, and how do we do this? Well, uh, it's turning our focus away from ourselves, right? So I, I love what Dolores shared. She, um, she repeatedly talked about, hey, it's not, it's not about my faithfulness. It's about God's faithfulness and what he's done and what he's doing, and we need your Prayer, so she talked about that many times, and one of the ways that we 're able to turn our focus off of ourselves, be more aware of what 's going on spiritually, and the battle that 's taking place is going it 's not about me right it 's not about us, uh, and so and this is why he says we 're supposed to be praying for all believers, right, so not just for ourselves, and you might think, well, I have a hard enough time just like you know getting up and before like going off to work or doing what else I'm going to do. is just praying for me and my family. But God, I mean, He wants me to pray for other people. Yeah, right? And so we, we need to be doing this. And, uh, and I want you guys to know that I, I pray for everybody uh, in the room here. And so I know we have a few visitors with us, and so we got to meet them, and so we're glad you're here too. But um, on a regular basis, I'm praying for you guys, just, just by name, and uh, just saying, hey Lord, here's what I know that's going on, and I want to pray for them. And uh, God, would you give them peace in this area? Would you give them strength in this area? And so uh, maybe for you, it's just like, it's hard to do that, right? It's hard enough to pray for yourself, but take the time, right? So we kind of talked about that. How do we do that? Well, how do we persevere? We, we persevere by taking the focus off of ourselves, right? That makes us able to persevere and do that in prayer. And then in verse 19, we have this specific prayer that, that Paul mentions. He says, and also for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Yeah, it sounds like kind of what the Lord shared with us. There's this need to pray for uh, our, yes, our families, our community, uh, to pray for uh, our family of faith, um, but to pray for those that are out doing missionary work as well. and So we want to be thinking about these things to, to be able to proclaim the, the gospel boldly. We should be doing that, but we should be praying for everyone else as well. We needs to be doing that. He says, Paul says, hey, pray for me. Here's some specific things you can pray. Um, and it's okay for us to do that, by the way. We, we can ask each other to pray for, for each other for specific things. Um, and Paul reaches out and he says, hey, church at Ephesus, I need you to pray for me in this way. And then there's this power in, in prayer and this perseverance that we have to declare. Uh, he says in verse 24, I am an ambassador in chains that I might declare it boldly as I ought. To speak. So there's a lot of things like we ought to do, right? We ought to ask for prayer in certain areas. Help me to help me to uh, be faithful, God. Help me to share the gospel. Help me to be a good husband, a good father. Help me to be a good you know, kid who obeys his parents. Um, that's a good one. So uh, how, how do we do this? Well, Paul continues to point the focus away from himself, although he says, hey, here's a few things you can pray for for me, um, but we really need to be praying for each other. So in prayer, we do this. How do we persevere? Because it's, it's a long fight. We do this through prayer, we do this together. So this leads us into our second point that uh, this perseverance takes place or it happens through fellowship, right? Um, and so have we ever wondered like why we come together at church or we're here or like we, you know, maybe we miss a few Sundays and we come back and we're like, wow, I so encouraged by, you know, being around the people of God and we're like, what a mystery, right? Well, it's not a mystery or it shouldn't be to us. We're encouraged because we're with the people. And so Paul says this in verse 21 so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. So, how I am. Have you ever asked that question to somebody? Uh, It happens all the time, right? We do that in passing. go, hey, how are you doing today? It usually goes like this, right? I'm doing good. Oh, okay, great, right? Well, how are you doing? I'm doing good, right? I'm glad everybody's good. Are we all good? All the time? No, we're not. (laughs) But we say that, right? Because we're like, do I really want to have a conversation? Do I really want to be honest here? Because I'm being honest, it might get uncomfortable, right? If you say, actually, there's a thing that's going on, and and I really need, you know, I really need some prayer for that. But that's why we're here, right? We're here to lift each other up. We're here to share those things. So if you ask that question, I would challenge you. You say, "Hmm, how are you doing today? Be ready for an honest answer, or just say, hey, here's what's going on today. Uh, Would you pray for me, especially with our family of faith? You might be interested. There was a a psychologist at the University of Massachusetts who uh, put together a little study. He took his uh, graduate students, and uh, about 120 of them, and he said, we're going to do this little study. You're going to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, uh, and we're going to film it. And then afterwards, I want you to sit down and watch it, and in about a 10-minute conversation, tell me how many lies you told. (laughs) So they didn't tell them about the lies part afterwards. So, uh, they uh, they sat down and they figured out on, on average, in a ten minute conversation, people tell three lies. <laughs> and it starts off like this: Hey, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing good. Oh, you're doing good too. Okay. That was number one, right? And so it's, it's, you know, it's hard for us though, right? So we don't, even in this place, it's hard for us to feel like we can have fellowship or we can share those things. So I know a lot of you are like, no, I don't tell three lies in 10 minutes, right? Maybe one, maybe it's more, but as believers, right, we should, go, we should look at, think about that and go, oh, well, that's really not the way I wanna live. I mean, I wanna be honest and I wanna be tactful, but I also wanna share with our family of faith where I'm at. So, and Paul says that. He says, uh, how I am. So, how are you? Well, another question he, he poses to us, or an idea that he wants the people in Ephesus to know, is what I'm doing. He goes, I want you to know what's going on, right? Um, it's like, uh, although he's a minister in change, Dolores is not in change. She got to come freely and share with us, right? But she's saying, hey, here's what's going on. Let me tell you about some of the people. And so, Paul says, I, I want you to know what I am doing. So, here's an important question. Do we ask people, hey, like, I mean, what's going on? Like, how are you doing? Um, like, like, what are you doing? Like, do we know what each other, what we do for a living, right? Do we know what's going on, like, week to week? Uh, and sure, we share those things, I think, with the people that are closer to us. But with our family of faith, and we come to this place, why can't we be able to say, hey, yeah, this is going on this week, and, and yeah, I've got this thing. And um, I mean, do we, do we really know each other, right? Because Paul say here at the end, he talks about everything. And so he says, uh, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. Really? Everything? And so th- then I thought, well, who really knows everything about us, right? For most of us, it's hopefully our spouse, right? I saw some people looking at each other. That's good, right? You know everything about me. And vice versa. But do people around us, does our, does our family of faith know what's going on? And Paul, he was trying to give this example to the church in Ephesus. He was going, look... If you're going to walk faithfully with God, if you're going to pray on this armor that God has given you, his very own armor, and as he closes the letter, he goes, here's what you need to remember. If you're going to persevere through all of life's difficulties, then you need to be able to do a couple of things. You need to be able to pray. You need to be able to seek the Lord for yourself and others. And then you need to be able to lean on each other. And you need to be able to actually share what's going on. And some things we go, oh, they wouldn't understand. Oh, they wouldn't care about that. But we should, right? We should care about what's going on in each other's lives. And then in verse 22, there's a specific encouragement for fellowship. And he says, I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. So I don't know if you are encouraged by what Dolores shared. I was encouraged. Um, that the gospel ministry going on in a place that's so huge. There's so many people. And that we get to be a part of that in a small way. And she even said, hey, come and visit. Maybe we should do that, right? That'd be fun. And uh, just to get to see in person what's going on. <clears throat> and so here's what Paul says. He goes, I've sent this guy to you so that he can be an encouragement to your hearts, so he can know what's going on. Paul says, I want you to know what's going on, right? But do we do that? Do we really desire, you know, or do we just like in our own little bubbles and we're like, look, I, I can barely handle what's going on with me. But are we leaning on the Lord in prayer, and are we leaning on each other? Maybe that's the reason that we have such a hard time handling just what's going on in our lives, okay? So prayer and fellowship, and Paul's encouraging this. And then we have access to some really cool things, and we've sung about this the last couple of weeks. We've talked about it. In verse 23, uh, we have access to this peace, love, and faith in this fellowship. And so in verse 23, it says, Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we experience these things in Christian fellowship peace. We say, last couple of weeks we sang a song about this. How can we have peace in the midst of such craziness, right? In the midst of the last couple of years, if COVID was not enough and all the unrest, we go, how do we have peace? Well, it's simple. We, what Paul said as he concludes the letter to the church in Ephesus, he goes, we do this through prayer and we do it through fellowship. Uh, what peace can we have in that place? I love that we got to have a, a birthday uh, lunch for Esther uh, last week, and I, I was thinking about that, and I was going, I think this is the first time we've had like a luncheon in like a year and a half. Maybe I'm wrong, but if that's the case, that's a long time, right? To not have a fellowship like that, not to not sit down and have food together, and what an amazing reason to do that, to sit down with one of our faithful saints and celebrate a birthday together, and that was fellowship, right? So in that setting, in that atmosphere, we, we experience this peace, right? Um, and then we have this love, and this specific love in the Greek is agape love. We know what that kind of love is, right? It's a love from God. It's unconditional. But then he gives it to us, and he goes, you have access to this love between each other, and you can also see it lived out amongst each other. So we can experience this love together. It's given by God. And then this faith, as we, as we not only think about our own, but the corporate faith that we get to celebrate. And I don't know about you, but I'm just, you know, as we go through series like this and we struggle through things like spiritual warfare, how do we pray? How do we you know get on that armor? How do we lean on the Lord? We need to lean on each other secondarily, right? So prayer and fellowship, we do that together. And then in verse 24, we have this grace and this incorruptible love in fellowship. So so God, through Paul, writing the church in Ephesus, he, he tells them about this agape love, but then he tells them something even more important about this love, about all these things that we have access to, but this love specifically that takes place in prayer and fellowship. As he closes the letter out, uh, he says, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. So with this agape love, we love the Lord Jesus Christ unconditionally. And then he says, "With love incorruptible." There's a lot of lo- different kinds of loves out there, right? In English, we only have the one version of love, so it's kind of difficult, you know, in our uh, grammar, our syntax. We say we love pizza, and we say we love our spouse, right? Two very different things. And we love our kids, and Paul's being very specific here, and so the church would have understood. Hey, he's 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 saying agape love. Oh, wow, that's like that's the love from God. He says we can have that together, uh, and then. He says, this love is a love that is incorruptible. So if we have this for one another and it truly comes from God, then you can't corrupt it, right? It can't be destroyed. It can't be thwarted by the world. And so when we're practicing this and celebrating this together regularly, um, it's evident, isn't it, right? It's not tainted by other things. And so this love incorruptible, I love the word here in the Greek. It's the ephsarse, meaning uh, pure and sincere. This is, the, <clears throat> this is the goal. This is the aim that God has for us. And as Paul's writing to the church, he's going, this is how we need to live in prayer and fellowship. And this allows us to persevere. So as we, and we're having a hard day and we, maybe we just need to call somebody up, you know, from church. Maybe we just need to call a faithful brother or sister up and say, hey, I need some prayer here. Um, this is going on. Would you help me? And what do they do? Well, they, they pray for us, but they love on us in the same way because we care for each other. And this word's used in Romans 2.7. It says to those who by patience in well-doing seek your glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. And that word there for that incorruptible love is the word immortality in Romans Two, seven. So what do we have? As well as these uh, these souls that are eternal, God gives us things that are also eternal so that we might recognize just little pieces of what it looks like to be with Him and in His presence. Uh, and, and we, we want to hold on to those so well, and at times the flesh, it, it blinds us. But yet, Paul says, this is the way that we're supposed to live so that we might be able to persevere. So put on all this armor. Put on this spiritual armor. Prepare for the day when Satan, he's going to try to attack you because he will. And then he says, here's how we're going to persevere. We're going to persevere through prayer. By the way, Paul says, pray for me in these ways. You need to be praying for each other. We need to be praying for each other. And here's what's going on in the ministry here. You need to be sharing what's going on with each other. We want to be upfront and honest. And so that's how we do that. We persevere through love because it's a long fight. And how, how do we do this? Well, we do it together, right? And so I want to just, I want to close um, with a short um, illustration or example. Um, a lot of times we wonder, like, especially why we go through the pain and the difficulty, and, and how do we really persevere when, like, because, like, huh, I mean, God, did you know we were going to have to wear masks all the time? Uh, did you know, I mean, we're going back to school, God, and um, that gov- new governor, I mean, we, you know, it's like, could it get worse? Well, <laughs> I don't know. And so, you know, the mandate comes down, right? And so everybody has to wear masks if you're in school. Yay, <laughs> right? And so we, we, we go, oh, God, man, ha- help us, right? Because some of these things that we have to do, they're not necessarily enjoyable, although some people think that they are for our good. Well, why do we go through them? Why do we go through other difficulty? Well, uh, I was reading um, C.S. Lewis's The Problem of Pain recently. I'm kind of trying to go through all of his works again. And he, he gives this example of Abraham. And he goes, hey, why did God ask Abraham to go up on the mountain and sacrifice his son? Was it because God didn't know that he was going to... to I, I don't know, is Abraham going to... Is he really going to go through with this? If I ask him to do does he really love me more than he loves his only son that was given to him in old age? No, God already knew. He was going to be faithful, right? Because he's sovereign and he sees the future. God asked Abraham to go through this trial, this difficulty for himself and for him to be an example to all the billions of people that would come after him who would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and sing that song about Father Abraham, right? And now we get to be a part of that family. And so C.S. Lewis, he was going, hey, we don't go through. You read the whole book, it's it's a good work. Uh, we don't go through this pain and this difficulty for no reason. We don't even go through it just so God will be like, Yeah, he's, He stood the test. I, I wasn't sure if He was going to be faithful. But we go through it so that we ourselves might be able to persevere. So, through trusting in God and believing Him through prayer and leaning on each other in the difficult seasons, and C.S. Lewis said, Hey, just, just like Abraham, and we go through the difficulty that we might be refined and we might be an encouragement to other people because God already knows. And so with that, maybe maybe you're here, maybe you're online, um, and you just don't know like what it looks like to to persevere. Like, eh, I don't even have a relationship with God. And maybe you're thinking that, and you just, you just need to know. Well, we share this at the end of every service, and uh, this is what it is, that you would admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus is God's Son, that He lived the sinless life for us, and He died on the cross for our sins. And then C, it's ABCs. It's easy. See, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And the scriptures tell us that you'll be saved. And so as we've talked about spiritual warfare and maybe these things to you, like they didn't make complete sense. They make sense for somebody who's given their life over to God. Um, and, and so as we close this, I'm going to pray. And then uh, after that, I just want to share an update from our family. and just ask you to pray for us. But let me pray for you and for the people online. And um, then we'll take a moment for just the people who are here in the room. Um, Father, we... Come to you uh, this morning. Um, we thank you for uh, the rain and uh, for all your other many graces that you show us that we don't notice. Um, God, I pray that um, as we think about spiritual warfare and as the enemy attacks us, how do, we, how do we really persevere? God, well, you've given us a few simple things. God, you, you gave them to Paul and you told them to the church in Ephesus um, that we might be faithful in prayer uh, for ourselves, for our families, for our community of faith. Um, God, for those that are out in the world um, doing your work in various places, um, like Dolores, we ask that you would lift her up and encourage her like she's encouraged us as she goes back and continues to do that great work in Brazil. Uh, We pray for anyone who's here um, who maybe doesn't know you, anybody who's listening online or maybe later um, that needs to make a first-time decision to trust in you. Uh, We pray that this might be the day that they do that. And so we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, well, I love you, those who are here, church family.